Welcome to the Detroit Evening Report Weekends, where, unlike DER during the week, where we focus on the news of the day, we spend some time with the people and places that make Detroit truly special. WDET's Tia Graham is joining us today. Hey, Tia. Hello. 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 <laughs> and so DER listeners will know you as one of the hosts of DER during the week. But when you're not doing DER, you're doing other cool stuff. So tell us about the other hat you wear. Yeah. Here so here at WDET, when I'm not doing DER, I am working on Culture Shift as one of the hosts, interviewing folks in and around the city of Detroit, Metro Detroit, arts, culture, and music, of course. And this particular conversation um, is with Curtis Chin, who is a native Detroiter. And he recently wrote a a memoir and it's called Everything I Learned I Learned in a Chinese Restaurant and as soon as I saw that title I said I have to bring him on the show to talk about his life in the city of Detroit and what it was like growing up in the city of Detroit especially in the 80s and especially in Cass Corridor that sounds like an amazing story so let's listen when's the last time you've been back um, to Cass Corridor Oh, I've been coming back frequently, mm-hmm. um, partly because of several projects I'm working on, mm-hmm. but also I do a lot of speaking gigs. And so I do come back to Michigan pretty regularly, but uh, it's just always surprising to sort of see the disconnect. <laughs> yes, very much so, very much so. So who is Curtis Chin? Curtis Chin. Uh, Curtis Chin is a middle child <laughs> of a large Chinese-American family that grew up uh, running one of the most popular Chinese restaurants in Detroit called Chung's Restaurant, which is on the corner of Cass and Peterborough, um, a restaurant that was founded by my great-grandfather in 1940. And so um, that's sort of how I like to describe myself. Yeah. Uh, I also like to say that I'm a riot baby because, uh, you know, my parents, like I said, I mean, we'd owned the restaurant since the 1940s, but uh, in 67, when we had the riots or the rebellion, uh, for the first time ever, the family closed the restaurant for five straight days. And during that time period, my parents found time to get it on. And <laughs> nine months later, I was born. And so, uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's That's so great. Funny. <laughs> so, you know, just speaking on that, what was it like growing up, especially in the city of Detroit during during the time that, that you were growing up, but just being a child of immigrants? I mean, what was that like? Well, so the memoir really focuses on the 80s, yeah. you know, because that's when I was really coming of age. And it was a tough time for the city, right? I mean, you had the economic downturn, but you also had crack cocaine and you had AIDS coming about. I personally knew five people murdered by the time I was 18 years old, um, you know. But at the same time, we had this really wonderful restaurant where my parents were able to teach me and my five siblings all the life lessons we needed to sort of, you know, get on with life and and to sort of have really, really wonderful opportunities. So I really thank them. So when you speak about having that legacy there of the restaurant there being owned by your grandfather and it just kind of continued to go down generation to generation, when you think about that, how does that help inform your book? How does that, how does the restaurant and being immersed in the restaurant, how does that help inform what we're going uh, to understand in the, from the book? So the memoir is called Everything I Learned. I learned in a Chinese restaurant. It really is about, you know, growing up in the city of Detroit and dealing with all these issues of identity, not just being uh, Asian American, but also being queer, but also, you know, being working class and a Buddhist. I mean, all these little things that <laughs> mark me as being different, um, you know, and uh, in terms of what I learned, I mean, there's so many little things that you can learn working in a Chinese restaurant. Uh, The first thing that people always ask me is like, what is the biggest lesson you learned? And I like to share the story how like, I think a lot of times parents will tell their kids to don't talk to strangers. My parents actually had the exact opposite 
instruction for us because uh, my mom didn't graduate high school. My dad went to community college for a couple semesters. They didn't really know what existed for us outside those four walls of that Chinese restaurant. But they knew that we had a dining room full of all these people who had, you know, different life experiences. And so whenever my dad met someone who had a cool job or whatever, he'd call all six of us over and we'd run over and we'd barrage these people with questions like, you know, how'd you get your job? What do you do at work? How much money do you make? You know, and so because of that, like, you know, I've just always grown up wanting to meet people who are different. And I think that one of the beautiful things about Chinese restaurants is that even though it is a a restaurant, the world came to us and Detroit came to us, right? And so not only did we have regular customers like Mayor Coleman Young or, you know, actors like Yul Brenner, celebrities whenever they come through town, but we also served the local residents of the Cass Quarter, you know, admit and, you know, after hours, uh, after, uh, you know, sundown. I mean, you know, so I really got to see the whole breadth of what Detroit was about. Yeah, I was just thinking about that uh, chatting uh, earlier, just thinking about the legacy here that was the uh, Asian American community right in this particular heart er- this area. And I think about the restaurant and I think about your, your memoir and I think about just the legacy that was here that we're still trying to put out to people, people still trying to tell people about, inform people about. What would you like to tell people about this particular area growing up that we are not aware of? Well, I think more generally, what do I want people to know about Detroit? Um, Because I do travel around a lot. I've gone to over 600 places in 20 countries giving talks, you know, on my books and, and, you know, films that I do. Uh, And there is a lot of misconceptions about Detroit. And particularly when I tell them, oh, I grew up in Detroit, it's always this look of concern or like, well, how did you get out? You know what I mean? Stuff like that. And so I wanted to really present Detroit in an honest way um, as a kid and how a kid would see that growing up. Um, And also show people that good things still come out of Detroit. Detroit is still a wonderful place. Um, you know, to, to raise your family. Yeah, there are challenges, but, you know, um, you know, for, for some people, things still work out. Yeah. 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 So I think about representation. Um, where do you think we are today, uh, especially for Asian Americans in terms of representation and just telling stories? Well, I think that our country is going through uh, a lot of ways, like a culture war, right? Yeah. I mean, um, you're talking about banning books. You're talking about, you know, shutting down diversity programs in colleges and, and companies. Um, and that is a direct result of uh, the gains that people have made, people of color have made in these different areas of representation. People don't necessarily like this new vision of America that is a little bit more diverse, a little bit more inclusive, and also confronting some of the um, past injustices and, um, you know, uh, darker parts of our history, you know, and and some people don't want to have that conversation. But uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to write this memoir was that we live in this very divided country right now, right? We have these little silos where people don't talk to each other. But I felt like Chinese restaurants, at least in my experience, were one of those few places where you can meet people from different backgrounds, whether it's race, religion, sexual orientation. And I sort of want to take that opportunity to have these important conversations that our country's um, needing to go through. I don't want to shy away from them, but I do think that maybe there's a way we can talk about them in a more, um, in a way that sort of brings us together closer. And so the way I pitched it to my agents was uh, the book is about uh, come for the egg rolls, but stay for the talk on racism. Uh, (laughs) I love that. I love that. So once again, uh, talking about your memoir, um, 
go through some of the themes. We talked a little bit about some of the themes in the book, but go through some of the themes and some of the the, the, the important ideas that you highlight, other than, of course, talking about and, and getting into the nitty gritty of racism that a lot of us experience here. But what are some of the other themes that we can get through in the book? So the book covers a, a narrow part of my life, which is basically, um, it's, it's structured into three sections, uh, eight stories in middle school, eight in high school, and eight in college, because 888 is good luck to Chinese people. Uh, and so it really is that childhood time period, you know, that, that it's focused on, um, you know, uh, in terms of, of my identity, how I was grappling, you know, being a minority uh, in the city. Um, so that's that's uh, the gist. Yeah. I'm sorry, was there a follow-up part to it? No, 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 mm. just the themes of the book. Oh, the and themes. We, yeah. Yeah, the themes of the book is, you know, that childhood growing up. Um, you know, obviously it deals with family. It deals with education because that's, you know, primarily when I went through the uh, public schools here in the state of Michigan. But uh, the bigger theme of the book uh, is actually encapsulated in the first sentence of the book. Um, if you don't mind, I'll uh, share with it. It's uh, The opening line of the book is, Welcome to Chung's. Is this for here to go? Armed with a smile and a red waiter's jacket with a perpetual plum sauce stain. That's how my dad greeted any new face who entered the lobby of our popular Chinese restaurant in Detroit. Interestingly, my great-great-grandpa Gong Li had faced the same question in the late 1800s as he stood cold and alone on a rickety dock in Guangzhou, China, trying to decide his future and that of his young, impoverished family, for here or to go. So that is the basic theme. It's like, you know, as a kid, I'm trying to figure out, do, you know, I take this popular phrase that you hear whenever you enter a Chinese restaurant and I bring a larger theme to it. It's like, for me, do I stay in this really wonderful Chinese restaurant where I get all the free food I want <laughs> or do I, you know, go out and, and find myself in the world and particularly being queer and wondering how that might fit in with this family dynamic. And then even when I went off to Ann Arbor, you know, having this guilt of knowing that my pa- family was still here in the corridor and you know, literally calling them every night just to make sure that they were safe, that they had a, uh, like, who was going to leave the, the restaurant first, right? This fear of, of leaving my family behind, right? And, and I think this is, these are very universal themes, right, that people go through of um, growing up and being yourself. And so that is the theme, um, you know, of the whole book is really just finding yourself. Which I love hearing that so much. As soon as you said it, it's one of the things I think a lot of us, especially when we're first generation going into school, uh, we think about leaving family behind. And if we're doing this, what, what does it look like for our family so many other things that go through our minds, but when we think about this, I often think about generational curses or generational whatever it may be. We're not saying that we're breaking any generational curses right now, but just doing something that may be a little bit fearful to our families and to ourselves. What type of... what? What would, what would you tell a younger generation or someone else out there who's listening about just going to follow your own dream, your own heart, and just trying to figure out how to do that? Well, I, I was pretty lucky because, um, you know, we had six kids in my family, you know, and so uh, I think my, my parents uh, realized that they could afford to lose one <laughs> if I went off and did my own thing. Uh, so <laughs> I think I was that lucky kid. My parents were very supportive. They let me do whatever I want. They always encouraged me. And particularly like, you know, when we had people coming into the restaurant, my dad loved introducing me to like, we had a lot of reporters, yeah. you know, that would come in. But we also had, you know, people that worked on the assembly line. My parents didn't really discriminate in that way and say like, okay, well, we only want you to have white collar jobs, you know. But, you know, anytime they met somebody who liked their job, those are the people they introduced us to. You know what I mean? And so I think because of that, I had a really open um, 
canvas, you yeah. know, because of my parents. One of the great things I think about the book is I've had so many people come up to me, like people that used to go to our restaurant and just thank me um, and thank my family. Um, because when we closed the restaurant, sadly, um, we never had a big goodbye send off. Um, I tried to get my dad to do that, but I think that closing the restaurant was too hard for him emotionally. Um, and he, he, it would have been really hard for him to say goodbye to the customers. So we never had that proper uh, closure in some ways. And so I am hoping that when I do these readings in Detroit that you know people that went to our restaurant would come and say a few nice words. And I, I would love to thank them as well um, for all the support that, that they give uh, my family um, and gave me all these wonderful opportunities life that in life that never would have happened without the people of Detroit. So I just want to thank them. That was Curtis Chen, author of the book, Everything I Learned, I Learned from a Chinese Restaurant. So um, before I forget, Curtis from Detroit. He is from Detroit. He's from Detroit. Yes, Cass Corridor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? He mentioned some readings in Detroit. Uh, what do we know about that? Yeah, so he'll have a reading Saturday in, uh, at the Ann Arbor uh, District Library as well Sunday at the Detroit Historical Museum. You can learn more on his website at, let's get to his website, CurtisFromDetroit.com. Curtis from Detroit. I love that so much. Um, he just <laughs> reps Detroit. He loves it so much. He wears it on his sleeve like most native Detroiters do. We wear it on our sleeves. We wear it everywhere we go. And that's how he, he just holds himself. He carries himself just like a native Detroiter. It's so great. I love that. I actually came across this title, and I didn't look into it, but I came across the book and the title um, and kind of you know, saved it in my head. But I have to admit, it never occurred to me this was a Detroit story. Me neither. Um, once again, I was just randomly on Twitter scrolling. I just happened to see the tweet come out. And this was back in, I want to say, in the summer. And I saw the tweet, and he talked about the book, and I saw the title, just like you did. And I said to myself, what is this? So as I just looked a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper and found out, you know, he's going to be in Detroit, I said, why would he be in Detroit? And then, lo and behold, he's Curtis from Detroit. So um, just finding that information out just on Twitter, just scrolling and just trying to figure, find a story idea, there was Curtis Chen promoting his book that he was going to be releasing, which is out right now. And... Once again, he just is a person who wants to spread the good that's happening in the city of Detroit. Yeah, it's so great to hear that story. We are actually here at WDET, physically super close to the neighborhood we're talking about when we talk about uh, Detroit's historic Chinatown. But I did not grow up knowing or thinking that Detroit had a Chinatown. That's not something I remember people saying to me growing up, that, you know, Detroit's Chinatown. Never. Yeah. Never. And that was the thing that struck me as interesting because I knew of the area that was called Chinatown, but I never knew where it was, nor did I know, you know, I just didn't know where to place it because it just wasn't told to us where it was. So finding out that it's literally down the street walking distance from our station here in mid- or Midtown, the Cass Corridor, <laughs> but um, just you know, right around here and just, just learning more and more about the culture, learning more about, more about what was happening in this area, especially as Curtis was growing up, it's history that Detroiters just don't know. And I think we need to start spreading this information and this history because Detroit, yes, while it is a majority black city, we have such a large population of immigrants from just different places, whether it's 
Asian, Asian population, Asian countries, or whether it's from uh, Latin America or whether it's from South, you know, whatever, wherever it is, we have so many different pe- people from different places. And we got to tell their stories, too. I know that this past summer, there was a lot of discussion about things happening in that area, not only the history of the area and preserving it, but there was a building that was demolished that had been a center for a Chinese community center and a restaurant and a business association. And it was demolished while the community was kind of in talks with the city about preserving that building. And so we did hear... Um, over the summer, a lot of discussion about this area close to us having been a historic Chinese community and and um, especially a historic Chinese business community. And so it's an interesting it'll be interesting to see what that looks like going forward, the efforts to preserve that history and tell those stories. I'm interested to see as well. Um, like like you said, just like just growing up in the city, you know so much about so many different places, whether it's Southwest Detroit. You just know so many different things about different hubs. And like Chinatown was just not one of the places that we were actively taught about, which is this. Once again, when I learned about this and I learned about everything he was talking about, I was just like I had no idea the gravity of, of, of the population, the Asian population here in the city of Detroit. So once again, we got to keep telling these stories. Curtis yeah. Chen. I love that when he talks about the Chinese restaurant as a place where people from all walks of life come. And so, you know, like his life had all of this diversity and and his parents kind of used it to shape them, you know, asking people about their jobs. And it paints such a picture. Being able to see mayors and like people who worked at the factory, but then people who also worked in the office buildings downtown, like. So many different people, even like you said, the neighborhood folks who were just coming in to get a meal or whatever it may have been. He saw people from every single sector of Detroit and in every uh, economic background as well. So just to have that kind of immersion in the city of Detroit, which most of us honestly don't really get. Absolutely fantastic. And, and it's a way that he helped write. Of course, it helped him write his book, but it just helped inform who he was as a person. And I hope that... uh we can see more of that diversity in the city of Detroit in a more um, organic way. Well, in communities that we did not make a part of our story, yeah. you know, yeah. that are really kind of asserting, like, <laughs> this was, we were here, mm-hmm. and our stories are important, and, and people are still around. And so I think that's, I, think, I do think that's important. And it just shows us how much more complicated each of our experiences are. He struck a note when he talked about just going to college, going away, you know, just being that first generation is going and just not knowing how to feel. I mean, I remember coming home like every weekend because I just didn't want to be away. I didn't want to miss anything. I didn't want to miss my parents growing older or my nieces or nephews growing up. So just always just thinking about, well, how is this going to fit into my family dynamics when I go back? And that was one of the things that really stood out about that conversation. Yeah, there's something special, too, I think, about being a Detroiter away from Detroit. For many of us growing up, there was this idea that um, you have to get out in order to succeed or survive or do well. Well, or you know, have great self-esteem, like whatever good things you wanted depended on you getting away from Detroit. Yeah. And um, I know, you know, I, I got away from Detroit, but I always come back. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. always home. And um, I really appreciate him acknowledging for the world that this is a place where you can raise your family well and be a happy person. And, you know, when I, especially when I was thinking about having a family, I couldn't imagine being anywhere else. You know, I just, you, I, 
it's home. And I always I often think to myself, like, you know, maybe you should go move somewhere else or go see what, what's out there in the world. And then, like, I don't know, a week later, I'm just like, I don't want to leave. <laughs> why, why would I leave? Where would I go? What would I do? This is this is home. Where this so, home. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. I've had he talked about the when he says um, when he people discover that he's from Detroit, you know, the reactions he gets. Okay, I've had those reactions oh, yeah. where it's either like, oh, you must be super tough. I get that occasionally, dear listeners. Every once in a while, somebody thinks I'm tough. But you know, like, he was, oh, you just survived a lot, you know. And he did, He when he says that, you know, he knew five people who were murdered before he graduated from high school, that's a lot. I didn't know any. Um, me neither. So that's, to me, a lot. Um, but it's also just, you know, not my Detroit narrative. When I think of Detroit, I'm thinking of other things. And I appreciate him sharing his Detroit story with Detroiters, but also showing the world that there are special and unique Detroit stories and they don't have to just imagine stuff. <laughs> oh, the story, the questions I've gotten about being from the city of Detroit, just growing up here. I mean, this, you know, this the idea of just once again, how did you make it out? How'd you get out of this? Or how'd you, and it's just like, you, you know, like Detroit's like any other place for the most part. We have neighborhoods, we got communities, we got working hard, working people who just want to go to work, come home to their families and have a good life, you know? So all the extra stuff that people hear about from the city of Detroit truly is literally like extra stuff. Like I, Curtis, he did uh, um, talk a little bit, too, about just having that experience of his parents being so open and allowing him to try new things and talk to people and not holding him back. And a lot of people just don't have that experience as well. So that is also a very unique experience to be a Detroiter at that time, to have parents who are just very open with his who everything about him. So that is just something that is um, also important to me about that conversation that we have. Yeah. Well, it was a really fun and funny interview to listen to. It was very funny. He's funny. <laughs> He's really funny. <laughs> and it was really cool. And so, and um, again, for listeners who catch the podcast soon after it's released, he's actually going to be in town in the first couple days yes. uh, after the podcast goes live. So, Saturday, November. 11th. Yes, Saturday, November 11th at the Ann Arbor District Library. You can also see him Sunday at the Detroit Historical Museum in Detroit. Both will be great events just to kind of talk to Curtis, get a little bit of feedback from Curtis, but as well, show him love when you go and you talk about if you were there at the time when the restaurant was open and talk about some of the experiences you had in the restaurant because I know that he would love to share that with his family as well. Yeah. And he's on the move. So if you're also on the move or in a different area, you can go to CurtisFromDetroit.com. I love that. Curtis from Detroit. <laughs> I love that. Uh, thank you, Tia. Thank you, Sasha. <laughs> and thank you, dear listener, for joining us for the Detroit Evening Report weekends, where we spend some time with the people and places that make Detroit special. If you have some people and places, ideas, issues, thoughts, and comments, Anything you got, send it to us at Detroit Evening Report at WDET.org. We'll see you Monday. Mm-hmm.